Welcome to the Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Tuesday, June the 29th, 2021. On this edition of the Politocrat, Delta, Delta, Delta. I'll explain. Coming up next. Last night, we were advised by public health officials in very stark terms that proceeding exactly as planned on the 5th of July carries a real risk of greatly increased spread of the virus, increased hospital admissions, illness and death. Last night and this morning, the government has examined this advice and agreed to delay some elements of the further reopening scheduled for the 5th of July. There will be an increase in the number of people attending outdoor events. And given its very special nature, the numbers of guests attending weddings can increase to 50 as planned. However, a return to other indoor activities, including hospitality, will be delayed. Neffet's clear advice, based on the modeling it has done, is that given the increased transmissibility of the Delta variant, the safest way to now proceed with a return to indoor hospitality is to limit access to those who have been fully vaccinated or have recovered from COVID infection. Over the course of the coming weeks, government will work urgently with the relevant sectors to agree a practical and workable approach. The simple truth is that we are in a race between the variant and vaccines. And we want to do everything we possibly can to make sure that the vaccine wins. Four million doses of vaccine have already been administered, and each additional week means that hundreds of thousands of additional vaccines can be given to people. The updated advice from the National Immunization Advisory Council and the wider range of options that it now gives our extraordinary vaccination team is very welcome. It means that many people will now get fully vaccinated sooner And it means that supply is permitting, we can get more people vaccinated more quickly than before. The vaccines are safe, they work, and when your chance comes, please take your vaccine. The vaccine program is building us the wall of protection we need. It will not be impenetrable, we know that, but it will be a massive defense against COVID, including the Delta variant. We do not want to lose the progress we have made. And I am satisfied that the adjustments to our plan agreed by government this morning represent a sensible, safe and balanced way forward. Our tourism and hospitality sectors have carried a disproportionate burden throughout this pandemic. And I know that this delay we are announcing this afternoon will be greeted with dismay and frustration by some. And in recognition of the circumstances, we will provide additional supports over the coming weeks. But I also know that this sector understands better than anyone the much greater harm that we would risk to their businesses if we undermine the tremendous progress that we have made together. Welcome back. That was Micheál Martin, the Prime Minister of Ireland, talking today about the need to postpone reopening in Ireland in a number of different areas. The reopening was supposed to take place on July 5th, but today the Prime Minister announced that that would be pushed back two weeks to July the 19th, the same July 19th date that UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson intends to fully reopen across England and Wales, certainly across England. So with what you just heard there from the Irish Prime Minister, Micheál Martin, it becomes inevitable now, doesn't it, that people really should not be flinging off their masks. You heard him talking about the things that will have to be curtailed. I mean, indoor dining 
is only going to be available in Ireland for people who are fully vaccinated or whom have shown that they have fully recovered from coronavirus, COVID-19. So these restrictions are tightened and they were supposed to be extended as of next week, July the 5th, which is next Monday. But the if you had watched Prime Minister Martin talking about this, the graveness and seriousness etched across his face would have let you know that this Delta variant is not to be played with. The Delta variant has become a major concern across the planet and literally is killing people. It is the most highly contagious form of COVID-19 thus far. And it is the deadliest. Infections are killing millions of people around the world. I should be specific about this. The variant, the Delta variant, is killing lots and lots of people. Maybe millions is probably pushing it a bit. But I can tell you that the growing number of deaths that people are seeing in countries across the world are from the Delta variant. Now, the silver lining in all of this is that if you get vaccinated fully, all of these vaccines are pretty darn good, over 90% effective against the coronavirus, coronavirus 19, and against this Delta variant. But I think as you may have heard Prime Minister Martin say, it's not foolproof, it's not ironclad, nothing is, right? Heck, you know, when you talk about birth control, birth control isn't ironclad. I mean, in some some forms of this, the, the can't even talk. Some forms of birth control are pretty much very close to one hundred percent, but you know, there are forms of birth control that aren't. But that doesn't mean that you don't use them if you don't want to get pregnant. Right? It doesn't mean that you don't use the birth control. Well, it's not 100%, so therefore I'm not going to use it. Well, it doesn't work that way, right? And again, it's not to get into your personal uh, choices when it comes to sex or when it comes to procreation or when it comes whatever, whatever, you know, I don't, I'm not, that's not the point here. But I'm just trying to draw an analogy. And of course, analogies can be very imperfect. And what I am saying, dear listener, is that just because something isn't 100% perfect, it doesn't mean that you abandon utilage or usage of it. As they say in the trade, you don't make perfect the enemy of the good. And that certainly applies to this Delta variant. It certainly applies to wearing a mask, and it certainly applies to getting vaccinated and getting fully vaccinated. And you've listened to this program. If you listen to this daily uh, podcast on any given occasion, you have heard me say, particularly those of you who are loyal listeners, and I do thank you for that. I thank everybody who listens to this podcast. If you have listened on more than one occasion, you may well have heard me say that we must get fully vaccinated. And we must continue to wear masks. And I'm going to talk about a story in the Los Angeles Times that has popped up that I think is important to bring to your attention. And maybe many of you listening are aware of this particular story. But I do think this is really important to reiterate. We have to continue to wear a mask, even if fully vaccinated. And I do not believe that we can take a chance with this, particularly now. And I walk down the streets here in San Francisco and I see restaurants packed with people. 
I see people in restaurants. I see people in West restaurants not wearing masks. I see people in grocery stores now not wearing masks. I see people behind the counter who are grocery store workers continuing to wear masks. There is no inspection of people not wearing a mask. No one in the business is asking them, well, your mask isn't on, you don't have one, were you vaccinated? No one's asked to produce any proof of it. And yet we have people indoors not wearing a mask. There is an honor system that the governor here, Governor Newsom, has talked about, but who knows about that? Who cares? The people are not going to be honest. And let's just put that out front and center. There are good human beings. There are many good human beings. And I do believe people um, have a core of goodness to them. But we all know that there are people who are not going to be honest. They're not going to be honest brokers. And so therefore, this notion of an honest system is fairly foolish, actually. And forgive my cynicism, it is really misguided, particularly when you have the Delta variant running wild and rampant and free. Two weeks ago today, and I can't believe it's only been two weeks, California Governor Gavin Newsom fully opened the state of California right here and said that there was also a state of emergency and that we are not completely out of the woods with this pandemic because it continues. You may remember that at the time I expressed some skepticism about whether or not it was the right thing to do. In fact, I said I felt that the reopening happened too quickly. I also believe at the same time that we cannot stay locked down forever and we cannot stay restricted forever. But I also added that what's another six more months of sacrifice? Why are people rushing to take their masks off? I think it's a really bad idea. And the CDC announcement back in April or May, I believe it was May of this year, 2021, was also something that I really thought was not very smart. Even if it is based on science, which I'm sure it is, I know it is. But just because something is based on science and the science says you should open, it doesn't mean necessarily that you should fling your doors open. I don't know if people understand that that makes sense, what I just said, or whether they disagree with it and think it doesn't make sense, what I just said. But just because the science, and we should always trust the science, we should always listen to the science. However... And the however is this. Even if the science says it's okay to take off your mask and reopen, it doesn't necessarily mean that in the real world application of that, that you should actually do it, given the fact that there's a Delta variant. I do worry about this, dear listener, because it really means that we are somewhat, forgive the parlance, shooting ourselves in the foot. By taking our masks off and walking around as if we are somehow past this pandemic. We most certainly are not. And I do express some real concern about this reopening, not just here in California, but in other places as well. You're seeing this at sporting events now here in California with the baseball, I've noticed it. The San Francisco Giants were pretty much um, back to full capacity this past weekend. And the Giants are doing very well these days. As an aside, in the baseball, the Major League Baseball, they, they dropped a game last night to their fierce and hated rivals in, uh, in the south of this state, Southern California's L.A. Dodgers. And the Dodgers, whom we lost to last night, also have these capacity crowds. They were the first sporting franchise to have a crowd of 50 plus thousand in their ballpark just a couple of weeks ago when the state reopened. And I, and I, and I just think it's a horrible idea 
the, the crowds are being crammed into these events. You've got the NBA playoffs coming on, and we had them last night here in the United States. If you're listening from another country and you may not know or care about the National Basketball Association, and you may not have watched this, but the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Clippers played last night, and in Phoenix, where they played, the crowd was, it was pretty much a capacity crowd. Same thing with the Stanley Cup final, game number one, which Tampa Bay won last night against the Montreal Canadiens, down in Tampa. There it was, indoor arena, packed with people. Pretty much the capacity down there in Florida. And why would I expect otherwise from the Sunshine State? By the way, of course, you know there's been a collapse of a building there too, um, where at least now 10 or 11 people have died, and that number may rise. I'm simply citing these events because there is a, there is just, I'll put it like this. Do not be surprised, dear listener, if you come across a news story in the next couple of weeks that says that there is a rampant increase in all of these places of this infection of COVID-19 because of the Delta variant. I really do wonder how many of the people have been vaccinated. Now, I'm sure, well, I'm not 100% sure, but I imagine, I know that in some of these arenas, people have been asked to show proof of their full vaccinations. And provided that people aren't doctoring their vaccination cards or anything like that, that's what people are going on. And you're now putting people in stadia particularly if they're indoor stadium. And I know Dodger Stadium is outdoors. Oracle Park here in San Francisco is outdoors. These are baseball stadia. But Tampa Bay's arena is is closed. Obviously, it's indoor. And Phoenix's arena in the NBA is closed as well. It's not open. It's closed. All these arenas are. And you're cramming in 10, 15, 20,000 people into an arena and we know that I find it hard to believe I should say that every single person is fully vaccinated in that arena unless that there has been some satisfaction on the part of these officials that see these things from everybody that they're all fully vaccinated that they are all full I don't know that that's you know I don't know that that's true I, I, I don't know I really would not be able to say But I think that even in situations of full vaccination, to be cramming thousands of people indoors into an arena where you're sitting together for what? Two, three hours? Knowing that the vaccines are 99.0% plus effective, you're going to have at least a couple of people infected probably. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Probably very irresponsible of me to start speculating like this. I am simply concerned, and I know I'm not the only one. I do wonder about this, and I do want to get to this Los Angeles Times story, because after hearing the Prime Minister of Ireland there talking about the Delta variant and what steps he is taking, he is now pushing back two weeks now the openings in Ireland. And right now it's only going to be indoor dining for fully vaccinated persons and people who show that they have been fully recovered from COVID-19. I mean, that's a very restrictive list of people because there's still many, many people who have not yet been vaccinated in Ireland, in England still, although the vaccination program there has been very good. Here in the United States, it's been very good, but there's still lots more people to be vaccinated, particularly from black and brown communities and native communities. There still needs to be stronger efforts of outreach to those communities to vaccinate people where they are. There's still lots of people in the United States who have not been vaccinated. And listen, around the world, the African continent in particular has barely been touched. And we still have to wait for another almost two more months, another month plus before 
the 300 million or 300 billion, I forget which it was, 300 million doses of vaccine even get shipped out to the African Union, the Central African Union, which will then, you know, apportion the vaccine doses to the parts of the African continent that need them most, which is pretty much everywhere on the African continent. Every country in the African continent needs to be vaccinated. And so it's this this real stark thing about who has the resources and who was robbed of their resources. That's really how I look at this. And you will find that here in the United States and in the United Kingdom and in some European countries, you're going to have, and in Canada, you're going to have people more fully vaccinated. And then you're going to find in places like on like you know the African continent, the number of countries in the African continent, and in other areas where you know countries where resources, and particularly on the African continent, where the resources have been stolen from us by the United States, by the United Kingdom in particular, by the Dutch, by the you know Belgians, then you're going to see less people vaccinated. This goes all the way back, folks, to colonialism. I mean, this is why history is so important. You have to connect history. You have to connect the dots. History is a continuum. And I do say that often here. Let me get to this Los Angeles Times article from June the 28th, 2021, written by a fellow named Luke Money. And that is his last name, M-O-N-E-Y. The headline, L.A. County urges everyone to wear masks indoors as Delta variant spreads. With the highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus continuing to spread statewide here in California, the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health is recommending that all residents wear masks in public indoor spaces regardless of whether they've been vaccinated for COVID-19. Monday's announcement is one of the clearest signals yet of just how seriously health officials are taking the strain and the danger it poses, particularly to those who have yet to be inoculated. Officials have said the available vaccines appear to offer strong protection. But there's significant concern that those who have yet to receive all their required shots or any doses at all remain vulnerable to the Delta variant, which may be twice as transmissible as the conventional coronavirus strains. More than three in five Californians have gotten at least one vaccine dose today, but far fewer, I should say, but fewer than half are fully vaccinated, according to data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. California has one of the nation's highest vaccination rates, and that has many experts confident the Delta strain won't cause the kinds of COVID-19 surges seen over the last year. While not a new mask mandate, L.A. County is urging that, as a precaution, quote, people wear masks indoors in settings such as grocery or retail stores, theaters and family entertainment centers, and workplaces when you don't know everyone's vaccination status, end quote. Quote, until we better understand how and to who, the Delta variant is spreading. Everyone should focus on maximum protection with minimum interruption to routine as all businesses operate without other restrictions like physical distancing and capacity limits, end quote, officials wrote in a statement. Donning face coverings in public indoor places was the norm 
until only recently and is still required for the unvaccinated. As part of California's June 15th reopening, though, the state aligned with guidance from the CDC that people who are fully vaccinated no longer needed to wear masks in most situations. And despite the latest recommendation, LA County Health officials noted that, quote, fully vaccinated people appeared to be well protected from infections with Delta variants. Of the 123 people in LA County confirmed to have been infected with the Delta variant so far, 110 were unvaccinated and three were partially vaccinated. There were two hospitalizations among people in this group. And there, there's, there, well, let me just read this other part of this article. And this is the uh, LA County Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, who last week said, at this point, quote, there is a pandemic of unvaccinated people, end quote. The, look, and then it goes on to talk about the fact that more than 24,400 Los Angelinos have died from COVID-19. I mean, it's just really bad. That's a lot of people. A lot of names and faces that we'll never know and we'll never see. And we should see. Every day we should be seeing these faces and names and not just a number. I've told you what I think about numbers, dear listener. and I've told you what I think about the coldness, the coldness of a number. And I've said how numbers do not define you. Okay, yes, people go, well, ratings do. Well, the number of followers I have, does it really? Well, money does, yeah, but are you happy? You can have as much money as you want, but are you a happy human being? Money does not mention ha- measure happiness. It measures contentment with your economic situation, perhaps. And being able to survive in a world of capitalism and uh, all of that. And capitalism ain't all what it's cracked up to be. And it ain't perfect for a long shot. And I'm being very kind in saying that. But the things that make you happy as a person cannot be measured by a number, is my point. And the 24,400 people in Los Angeles and the uh, Los Angeles County... And the nearly 4 million people around the world can't be measured in a number. There are lives behind the numbers. There are people behind the numbers, families surviving and have survived the deaths of their loved ones in those numbers. And the intangibles and the love lost and the memories and this and that and the other. So numbers are cold and cruel and quite frankly, are functions of control if you really want to look at this more harshly, as I choose to. And it's not even being harsh. It's about what we are seeing and what the truth of numbers are. When you commit a crime and you go to prison for it, you have a jumpsuit. Now, I'm not speaking from any experience. You have a jumpsuit and it has a number on it. You're not referred to by your name. And... Even if you've never committed a crime, it feels like that. There's this very impersonal look. When you take a number and go to the doctor's office or whatever, DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, you take a number and uh, number B57, B, B52, that might be a, a no, not B52, but B57, that might be another strain of the, of the, the coronavirus. I mean, I mean, I'm being dead serious. There's all kinds of strains. Dozens of them, actually, probably. But the imperse, the coldness of these numbers. And that LA Times article that I just read out to you, parts of it, which is written by Luke Money in uh, the June 28th, 2021 edition, it spells it out. And that's LA County, which is a very densely populated county in California down in the Southern California area. And so many people have died in Los Angeles County. 
the vast majority being Latinos. Latinx, the Latinx population in Los Angeles County has taken a huge hit. Some of those persons are working in other people's homes. Many white residents' homes. Some of those people are cleaning your toilet, your bathroom, your hotel room. Your gro- they're your grocery workers. They're, uh, they are your farmers. They are your uh, pickers of grapes and whatever else. They're doing that work. And the employer is not protecting them very well at all. And they've not had any vaccination shot. There may be issues around all of that. They need to be protected. These are people. These are human beings. They're not just people who work for you. Or for people who can't be bothered to water their lawn. And have to hire someone. Because they've got enough money to burn. And they can just hire whomever to mow or water their lawn. And by the way, Los Angeles and particularly all the rest of the folks down in Southern California, if you have a big lawn, can you save your water? We've got a drought in this state. Last time I checked, that drought is still continuing. And indeed it is. But people don't care. I, I Look, I know people do care, but there's people who don't. And the same thing goes with this virus. I just read you an article that goes into the detail of why it is important that people wear the mask. And not only wear the mask, also get fully vaccinated. I don't, you know, that's that's what I said a long time ago. I am not, listen, I am not a fan of telling the world about my vaccination when you've got millions of people around here, meaning around the world, who've never had a vaccination and who are dying. And I get it. Look, there's nothing wrong with personally, listen, exhibitionism isn't all a bad thing. It's a good thing. Right, it's healthy. There's there's something healthy about it. It depends on what kind of exhibitionism, because exhibitionism takes on many forms. It's not just the one form that I think a lot of people tend to think of. But it's good to celebrate and and celebrate and express who you are. And yes, this happened to me today, and I'm happy. I think that's really good. I just think that when it comes specifically to this, the my goodness me, man, if you're the only person in the world and you got vaccinated through a party. But this whole planet is so far removed from even smelling a vaccination, if you can smell them, that it's kind of futile. I honestly, to be celebrating, oh, I got vaccinated, woohoo. And then you've got 85% of the world that has never had a vaccination. In fact, nine zero percent of the planet has not been touched. That's kind of like saying, well, I got my pinky toe vaccinated, but the rest of my body has not been touched at all. I mean, I know that's a silly, ludicrous analogy. That's why they're dangerous to do. But you try, I'm just trying to put this into some kind of perspective and I'm failing miserably. But what is it going to take for people who are in these privileged countries or these imperialist countries, these colonizing countries, and you know the countries I'm talking about, to really understand that we have to be less selfish and that we have to get vaccinated and fully vaccinated. And not only that, we have to continue wearing the mask. I'm telling you, if you want to rush back to your local movie theater and rush back to your local restaurant because you can't bear the thought of being without that dessert or that uh, haricot vert or that special entree that you just can't do without. If you really want to do that, the restaurant's still going to be there, hopefully. 
in a few more months. But can we just kind of wait a few months? Do we have to be that premature all the time? I mean, why can't people just wait? And this rush to get back to what they think is so-called normal is quite pathetic. There is nothing normal about anything. Every day is different, even if your routine is the same. It still ain't normal. Because we aren't living in a time where normality even exists. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I do wonder about what the mental health state is of the country here in the United States or anywhere else, what the mental health state is of another country where many of its people continue to say, well, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't give a toss. I'm going to just drop my mask and I'm just going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to rush back to everything that I didn't get to do in the last year, in the last year and four months. And I, in the last year and a half, I, and I just don't know why there's this super duper rush to get back to all of that. Was it bringing you joy? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. But don't you believe in, in waiting a bit more? It's like that Janet Jackson song. Let's wait a while. And let's wait a while before we go too far. Welcome back. So all of this is to ask you, dear listener, have you been fully vaccinated yet? And wherever you're listening to this, I hope that you have been. If you have not been, please, please, please make an appointment today. Today, today, today. In fact, in many instances, you can walk in. Literally, you can walk in and get vaccinated. So you may not even need an appointment where you may be. Over the weekend in England at Watford Football Club and a lot of different football clubs and stadia all over England and the UK in general at large, there were vaccination clinics opened at these stadia. And hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of people got vaccinated. Either their first jab or their second jab but in any event, people were being vaccinated. And that's such an important thing. It's a good thing. It really is. But I also hope that people were being told to continue to wear their masks, even if they are fully vaccinated. As the story that I read out from the Los Angeles Times, or at least part of the story that I read out, is talking about. And this is why I think, I, you know, I really talked about this earlier too, exactly two weeks ago, and I said it feels like it's been more than two weeks that this state of California here has been reopened, but it, it does feel like it's been two months, not just two weeks. And this is why I really, you know, again, uh, I've talked about Gavin Newsom a number of times, um, positively and negatively here, or positively and critically. And this is one of those points where I do criticize him because I think that opening this state up again thus so quickly was a mistake and the fact that you've now got the largest and most populous city and county cities you know you know the, the, the largest most populous county in the whole state now his health department is telling you, look, you need to fully be, be fully vaccinated and you need to continue to wear masks indoors even if you are fully vaccinated. I mean, that tells you everything about this being a horrible idea, this meaning reopening the state. And I, and I think this is just crazy. I, I said before that I, well, I said it in previous episode before, not in this episode before, that this is a lot to do with business and politics and influence and donors and a recall election that's going to probably happen sometime in the next couple of months, maybe three months. 
September or so. And there's news about the Democrats here in the state of California who in the state assembly, uh, state legislature, um, want to have this election earlier rather than later because it benefits Governor Newsom, etc., etc., etc. And it's also beneficial for the state too because, again, um, you, you have greater participation um, earlier on because, heck, when you get to October and November, in, in fact, even earlier than that, you have the wildfire season and, ooh, People in Southern California won't really get to vote too much. At least some of them won't if they are affected by a wildfire. They're not going to be thinking about voting, are they now? And we know that once we get down to what, September, October, wildfire season really hits with a vengeance. I know it's kind of already, I guess, started in some ways in some parts of the state and it's not good. So the earlier the better. But the whole point of my talking about any of this is that I think Governor Newsom made a mistake here. And I'm not talking about the French laundry mistake where he turned up at that fancy schmancy restaurant in Napa during lockdown, during COVID restrictions, before there was real vaccinations going on pretty much and sat with about 12 people indoors. Oh, well, it was partially open. Well, the point is you were indoors. And he got a lot of heat for that, and rightly so. But I'm not going to define Gavin Newsom on one thing. I'm going to look at his overall record, and I think overall, he has done a good, decent job. There's lots that needs to be done, though, that I think he needs to be better at. And we have to continue here in California, those of us who are here listening um, to what's going on. And, and those of you listening to this podcast who are here in California, we need to be pushing and pressuring and you know I'm getting emails from Gavin Newsom and people who uh, you know want you know who are looking at this recall we need to fund the recall we need to deal with this we need to help Governor Newsom and I'm all for that helping him out because I think he's been a decent governor he could do a whole lot more but I think he's been decent in in a lot of areas I think he's done some good things in a lot of areas but again there's some things that have not been good I don't like what's going on with the prison system. I don't like what's going on with a number of other things. Situations with immigration and amnesty and all the other things which need to be sharper and better and more fulsome. And, you know, there's things that he needs to do better on. But that doesn't mean I I want him thrown out of office. What what that means is, is that we have to keep pushing him and we have to keep pushing his office. And we also, I think, have to donate to him so that we can continue to push him. Because if we've got a Republican in that office, John, John Cox, who is trying again to run, he's the leading candidate on the Republican side for this stupid recall. And he already lost to Gavin Newsom back in 2018. He got hammered. And now he wants to come back. With all these props and all. Anyway, I don't want to give any attention to John Blumen and Cox. But the point is, is that this is where we have to take ownership of the political realities of local politics. And the ownership of that is when we get involved. And the ownership of that is when we donate. The ownership of that is when we volunteer. The ownership of that is when we lobby and write to these politicians and call them. It's not only that we vote, because voting is extremely important. We have to engage and while voting is a form of engagement, the engagement continues. Voting is ephemeral in that way, but the engagement is not. The larger additional engagement is us following what these folks are doing. What did our vote get us is my point. And so we've got to be able to follow up on that. We've got to be able to at least t- spend five minutes of a very busy day Because I know you're busy, family, this, that, the other. But five minutes of your time to find out what happened at City Hall, what happened in the State House, what happened in the Assembly. Find out what your vote is getting you. Find out who the people you are that you voted for and find out what they've been doing. 
tweet him, email him, call him. Learn for those five or ten minutes. What have they done? And then let them know where you stand. Are you happy with the job they're doing? And I think I'd give Gavin Newsom a six and a half, seven out of ten, I think, thus far. Probably say around between six and seven out of ten. Probably a seven. Push it toward a seven. Some people might grade him a little bit lower than that. Some may grade him higher. But I'd go probably 6.5 to 7. I'd say closer to 7 out of 10. Probably. And I know so I know I know I can hear some people now here in California. <laughs> like what? 7? <laughs> and then I can hear other people going, "What? A 7?" <laughs> that's way too high or that's way too low. <laughs> You know, you know, you know inherently. You cannot win whatever you say. You cannot win. So maybe it's best not to say anything at all. (laughs) But the whole thing is, is that I want to get back to this because I'm not going to stray too far from the point. Is that I do think this was a mistake to reopen this state. And I do think it was a so quickly. And I do think it was a mistake for the CDC to give what I think is still a very convoluted directive about, well, you should, if you're fully vaccinated, you shouldn't be wearing, uh, you don't need to wear a mask unless this, unless that, da, 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 da. And if you, you know, and it's just, when you start to do that, people find the ways very easily to find reasons and slip through loopholes and You know how we are as human beings. We'll always find a way around something if it suits our own selfish aims, right? That is something about us that isn't good, that we do that, right? Because we want to be unchained. And as someone said, one of the guests that I've had on this podcast said, and I'm trying to strain to remember who, but uh, the gray matter is not cooperating today. That human beings are by nature rebellious. And there is there's definitely truth to that. I think that's very true. And it started when we were when we were little kids and we tried to push the boundaries as, as kids, as little babies. And then our parents would be hopefully there to slap us down, not slap us down, but to say, No, that's not how it goes. Or you might have been, or as I see some kids wandering all over creation and their parents going, isn't that lovely how my little child is running all over the place and I'm not stopping it <laughs> from from doing any doubt, da- you know? And then they grow up that way. Yeah, <laughs> These kids grow up to be people who then, you know, uh, sexually harass or, you know, say all these racist things or, you know. Anyway, I, I digress a bit much there. But I, I, I mean, if you had to grade your government, wherever you are in the world, how would you grade it? How would you assess how it's done with dealing with COVID-19, dealing with um, vaccination program? How would you grade and evaluate them? Do you think they're doing well? Do you think they've done well? Do you think they've been horrendous? You've got Sydney, Australia now, um, going back into lockdown or quasi lockdown or doing or announcing new restrictions. You've got various countries that are starting to do this again. And it's the summer. And you know what happens to us here in the United States? You can't mess with our summer. Oh no. And so what do we do? We defy. And we just, you know, we don't we want to do what we want to do. It's that libertarian strain of this country. We want to do what we want to do, damn it. And if we get the virus, so what? We're all going to die anyway. That's the thinking of a group of people, not everybody and not even 50% of the people. I think there's a strong 30% that feel this way. That's what I think. I do wonder, I really do wonder what you think of what your local government's been doing. 
Because I happen to think locally here, and that's why all politics is local, and it's really important to be in touch with local officials, and or at least to monitor what they're doing. I do think here that in this particular city, and I don't think she's been given enough credit here, here in San Francisco, the mayor of this town, London Breed, has done a really good job with the vaccination process here. I think she and her office should be given a, a modicum of a salute here. I think more than that. She was very proactive about this from the beginning. She cited state, an emergency in the city even before uh, Governor Newsom cited one for the state. I, I, I mean, she was very proactive about this from the jump. And I give Mayor London Breed all the credit. I really do, because she deserves it. And I don't think she's getting a lot of it, but she really should. The death rate here in San Francisco, total number of deaths have been very low. One death is too many, is one too many. I'm simply saying that the rate of death and the total death toll here, the numbers of people who have died here uh, in San Francisco is very low. Relatively speaking, a population of just, what, around 920,000 people. Very small population, but densely populated city. 49 square miles is this city of San Francisco. And again, the people who have lost their lives, and I mourn each and every one of them, and uh, really do have a heartfelt um, place for for all of those people that I, I won't ever know them. These human beings we've lost. And even though the numbers of people, numbers of people who've lost their lives in this particular city is very, very low relative to the population and relative to lots of other places at large. It's still, these are people's lives. I do want to say that the mayor of this city has done a very good job. And their office has been very communicative, very clear, holding press conferences, uh, addressing questions, putting out statements, putting out tweets, doing this, doing that, the other, their programs and their incentives to get black and brown people, particularly black people in San Francisco, of which there are very few these days, to get vaccinated and fully vaccinated. I think it's been very good. They're doing outreach here. They're doing education programs. They are speaking to people where they are. I think that this is what you need to be doing in all these cities. Not just telling people, go get your shot and then no to guide them where, don't give them opportunity. You know, you, you can't just do that. You've got to interact with the communities and go to where the people are. And so that's the thing about all of this that I must commend the San Francisco mayor, London Breed, uh, for her excellent work and her excellent efforts and her whole team too. Um, the health um, guy here, Grant Colfax, I think his name is, he's been very good. Has been very transparent with the information about San Francisco and these rates here. The transportation system hasn't still hasn't fully opened here yet. I don't know what what is it like in your city? What is it like in your town? Has the transportation, the public transportation, for example, has that fully opened yet? Because here in San Francisco, there's still lots of lines that have not been fully reopened yet. This is how careful. This city is being, now look, it's just one city on a planet of 9 billion people, right? In the middle of this big ass nowhere, there are, there, this is one blooming city, right? So I don't want to start puffing out my chest here. I, I'm simply saying that even within a state like California, where I have not been happy with this reopening so fast, and we've got to reopen, we've got to live our lives. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just saying that I question the bases upon which the decision is being made. I know the science is there and you always must listen to the science. And as I said earlier, just because the science says it's okay now, doesn't mean you, you should be taking off your mask and dancing, oh, happy day. Because as you just heard me say a few minutes back with the LA Times article, and as you heard earlier with the Prime Minister of Ireland, Mikhail Martin, we are far from out of the woods on all of this. And so we've got to exercise some more care. We really do. It's not over yet. And we are not out of the woods completely. My reiteration once again, 
is to get checked, get tested. All of those things. Eat as healthy as you can and indulge. Don't get me wrong. If you've got a tub of ice cream, have at it every now and again. Not every day and again, but every now and again. Have at your tub of ice cream. It's a stressful world you're living in. You've got to cope somehow. There's going to be some stress eating. It happens. It happens. You know? So we're going to do those things sometimes. Hopefully not all day, every day. But we are going to do those things. It's, it's, like, it's part of the cost of living. It's the price of living in a very... I hate to put it like that, but it's a, like the price of living in a very stressful environment is stress eating, right? People, we will do that. We will have that extra bit of whatever. I don't know, you know. But we do it. It's comfort food. Even though it's not comforting for our digestive systems. <laughs> it's comfort food. <laughs> Uh, food is a powerful thing. Food is a powerful thing. Powerful. You know? You know, I, all these sayings, I think of the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I, you know, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Eh, yeah, probably true. But yeah, you know, but you've got to watch your stomach. You know, I mean, look, I mean, I'm being, I try to, I, to express genuine sensitivity about all these things because... It's not easy. It's not easy to be fit and to stay fit in a pandemic. And when you've got all of these issues going on and then there's mental health that's so critical, it's very hard to stay focused. And so you do allow yourself to have that extra bit of, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just trying to think. I don't even eat ice cream, so, you know, color me weird. But think of the ice cream that, that you love. Whether it's, what is it, Haagen-Dazs or Ben and Jerry's or uh, Baskin-Robbins or whatever they I don't know, Edie's. I mean, I do know the ice cream brands, even though I don't eat them. <laughs> oh, dear, I wonder why I know those brands. But do you, do you I mean, do you, do you find yourself eating more? And I, because I really, I think that, that, we, you know, again, and I plan to have in the near future uh, a nutritionist on so that we can talk about this together. And I look forward to that. I'm trying to get that to, together and in the process of trying to make that happen so that we can hear from someone who is a professional and can tell us about all of these things because the pandemic definitely has done that. But now that summer's here, this is the time to get out and exercise. It is time, if you can, if you are physically able to, make sure you can spend between 15 minutes to half an hour running every day. If you can, if you can't do that, every other day, three times a week, right? I want you to walk for, ten, for between 15 minutes to half an hour. I say a half hour walk. Walk for, for half an hour. Run for half an hour. Every other day, three days a week. Optimally, I'd say every day. Run or walk for 30 minutes. You are going to feel a difference. You really will. If you can't do those things, meditate. I've got a brand new t-shirt called Meditate, Don't Hesitate. It's at the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store at the-politocrat.myshopify.com. Wear that t-shirt while you meditate. <laughs> but first you have to buy it. <laughs> from, the, from the online store. But I, I just want to end by saying, please. Um, try to get as much sleep as you can. And I know it's difficult because there's stresses. There's, you know, all the issues of mental health challenges. And so you may not be able to get seven hours of sleep. Right? You may not be able to get six hours of sleep, and even six is pushing it for some of us. But, you know, you may not be able to. But try as best you can to establish a routine where you can deal with sleep. And I'm also going to be having someone on at some point. Again, I've said this before, but I do endeavor to do this too. I mean, it only took me four months before I finally got the the mental health discussion going here with someone. (laughs) But... 
I like to think that it won't take that long uh, when it comes to sleep or nutrition because these things all go hand in hand. And these are very important things for us, particularly when we've got all of the stuff we're going through. We've got these elections. We've got to vote. We've got to organize. We've got to, to educate people. And you can't do all this effectively if you don't, A, have a good night's sleep, B, have good nutrition, and C, don't work out. So there's that. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.